podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome once again to another Matchday edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm James and I'm joined by Andy and Matt and we're here to discuss our festive away fixture with Birmingham City. Can we still call it festive? It's festive, you know, 12 days after Christmas, isn't it? We're in the festive calendar, Andy. Uh, I'm I'm a bit Romeo done with it all, if I'm being honest. You've burnt your tree, haven't you? Nah, mate, it's plastic. I think about the environment. All right. I think technically a real tree is better for the environment, isn't it? Probably, yeah, but I'm not going to bird a real one am I that's rude we were discussing this over Christmas dinner and apparently it takes 10 years for uh, an artificial tree to become uh... yeah that's it It's it depends how long you use the artificial tree for but if you only use it for a small number of years then you're better off getting a real one I normally get a real one but saves this year they're expensive as well aren't they artificial trees good chat anyway let's get out let's get out of Christmas and get straight onto the football Less about trees, we're playing Birmingham, not Nottingham Forest. So the home leg of this fixture on the 19th of October, we actually beat Pep Clitet's Birmingham City 1-0. Head-to-head looks uh, pretty good in our... Well, no, actually doesn't. The head-to-head is not good. Uh, games won 40, games drawn 26 and games lost 41. Ugh. These have been a bit of a bogey team of late, haven't they? Well, I think Gary Monk's teams are our bogey teams, unfortunately. I think, am I right in saying they were the only team that did the double over us last season? Yeah. Correct. But, we obviously, as you just said, James, we beat them in the reverse fixture, and I th- that was our centenary game, wasn't it? So it was a good day out all around Calvin Phillips. And there's no Gary Monk there, is there? It's just uh, Pep. I don't mind Pep, but I just hope we do him today. It'd be nice for this to be our first double over someone of the season. It would. So where are we all? What are we doing for the game? Uh, I'm at home, and I noticed that this one's actually on uh, LUTV, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it on there. I did, however, notice that it's five pound abroad and ten pound in the UK. Why is that? Broadcasting rights, isn't it? Yeah, I think someone on Twitter did respond to us and say that it is it's something to do with the EFL, but sounds about right anyway, doesn't it? Is it not on Sky as well? It is on Sky. Yeah, red button, I believe. It's probably has to be the uh, same price that they're charging for it on Now TV or whatever, does it, in the UK, maybe? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'm watching on the red button, though. No replays for me today. Where are you, Matt? I am in my car, parked on a grass verge on a side street, about a 10-minute walk from St Andrews. So once we've done this, I'm going to make my way down to the away end and get involved. Do you remember that year we literally parked around the corner? Uh, I don't think I was with you that year, Andy, but yes, I do vaguely remember that. It was a bloody great park. Textbook. We've definitely parked in the McDonald's car park at St Andrews, but they've uh, they've stopped all that now. Do you like going to Birmingham City, Matt? Mm, no. Results-wise, they haven't been great, have they? I've got the journey and the parking pretty much nailed, but we've had some pretty rubbish results down here. It's a pain in the ass too, isn't it? Yeah, and over Christmas, obviously we're back in the West Midlands um, on New Year's Day, so I've got to do this trip twice in uh, quick succession as well. Hmm. You could have made a holiday of it. Well, I, I tried to do it, make a holiday of it, but you know. Holidays from hell. <laughs> well, actually, I was intending to fly out of Birmingham Airport after this game and fly back in just before the West Brom game, but in the end it hasn't worked out and I'm all the way back up to Leeds tonight. Um, but... Hopefully we can get the three points to make it worthwhile. 
Well, we've got team news already, haven't we? Because it's it's that time before the game. And there's no Patrick Bamford in the squad. No, Eddie and Ketchy plays because Patrick Bamford apparently has a dead leg, which to me sounds like a proper made-up injury. They've definitely, definitely been playing dead arms and dead legs on the bus, haven't they? Don't punch me, please, Edward. <laughs> Are you Edward the Fourth? <laughs> oh, dear. And uh, Tyler Roberts is back in on bench, isn't he? Well, it's a good job because he looks like the only option, really, to bring on to change it if we need to change it. So I'm a little bit worried about the bench. It's great to have Tyler Roberts back, though. This is what he needs, just a bit of match fitness, and then um, hopefully he'll slot into the uh, starting lineup very quickly. It'd be nice if he was fully fit for West Brom, but I don't think that'll be the case. He can maybe get some minutes against Arsenal instead. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Nobody cares. So what's the opposition forum called? Blues Brothers. Up the blues. No, it's Zulu.net, innit? That's it, Zulu Summit. We will journey on. That's pretty lame, isn't it? What's that in reference to? Well, I, I presume that it's a, it's, a, it's a watered-down version of marching on together. They journey, we march. Exactly. It's like a weak march. So here's what they said anyway. This is going to be very tough. This is a way win written all over it. The only slight glimmer of hope is how we perform versus West Bromwich Albion despite the result. Leeds aren't in the best form at all. The pressure to stay ahead of the pack is showing and results haven't exactly been great recently with the two draws and lost last three games. They won seven on the trot before that. I'm torn between Leeds 2-0, Leeds 1-1 and I just tossed a coin, Leeds 2-0. They were nowhere James has gone. <laughs> James, James, congratulations on a fantastic Brummy accent. Thanks. You've been pra- you've been practicing that, haven't you, for months? No, I haven't. Paul, <laughs> just for the, just just for this week. Paul, Paul copied this in, and I that's the first time I've read uh, read it out. So uh, yeah, that was outstanding. I'm Thanks. proud of you, mate. Thanks very much. Anyway, I think he's quite knowledgeable. I think we are going to win today. Even he has tossed a coin for it. Um, well, no spoilers on your predictions. Um, well, no, 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 no. But I, I, I mean, I think it's good that the opposition teams are, are wary that we're still a decent team. Although, we're, I mean, this blip's ridiculous. I was speaking to my mate this morning. We went for a, a jaunt around a reservoir. Oh, very and, nice. Uh, you know me, mate. I'm fully posh. They can't be padding me uh, in my hometown. <laughs> but we were walking around anyway, and he's going, oh, this is a horrible little run of form lead to it. It's a horrible blip. I'm thinking... We've already lost one. The rest of them have been draws. We've been fine. Chill your knickers. Two draws, one defeat. And really, we should have beaten Cardiff. We were 3-0 up. And we should have drawn with Fulham. Because that, ne- that, that was never a penalty. I think we should have beat Fulham. But it just goes back to my point that... It's, why is everyone stressing? It's chilly knickers. It's it's going to be fine. This, if, this is our bl- if this is our blip, then bloody hell. Sign me up for another one. Not now, though. We need some wins. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though. You know what I mean. We we say we said at the end of the um, Preston podcast that that's our worst. Um, oh, a police motorbike has just. Whoa! They're bringing all the coaches up a ridiculous side street. Oh, that's not going to end well. Anyway, uh, we said at the end of the Preston podcast that. Um, it's our worst run of form of the season so do you think that makes today a must win game no so if we come out with a point or no points today Andy you'll still be quite calm yeah I'll still be I'll still be flying the uh, good flag Bielsa I think the it takes a bit of pressure off the, uh, <laughs> yeah well I wasn't suggesting game. that we sack Bielsa <laughs> no 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 but I, I just 
he's, he's got an aura of calm and stability around him, which I find really, as a fan, really encouraging. And I think that'll be fine. I think we do need to win today just to take a bit of pressure off the West Brom game. If we lose today and lose West Brom game, then I think it is squeaky bum for a little bit. A win would be really good and it would help boost everyone's confidence. And I think that's what they need and, and what we need as fans, you know. Um, but a draw wouldn't be the end of the world. What's my mate El Loco Joe been saying, James? Who's our ref today? So Joe Bedford on Twitter, who um, provides all of our referee research, which is always top class. Um, just when you thought it couldn't get much worse, referee at Birmingham will be fans' favourite, Keith Stroud. The Luton, the Luton fan has refereed 28 Leeds games, won 12, drawn 6, lost 9. Uh, he's dished out 54 yellows, 2 reds, and um, 2 reds as a result of 2 times yellow cards. Well, if that's gonna, if anything's gonna kill a game, it'll be that, won't it? I mean, I don't like any of the, I don't like any of the referees at this level. Let's be honest, we haven't had one in particular that's been great. But the only saving grace of all this is that we've won all three of the games he's ref this season, which was Salford, Barnsley away, and uh, Borough at home. Uh, and he's yeah, that's an aggregate nine nil and three wins in it. We haven't even conceded while he's refereeing so far. No, that's it. And he, he has refereed um, Birmingham 18 games to date. They've won five, drawn seven and lost six. Ah, six. There's nothing in it. Pretty balanced. And I agree with you, James. I don't like any of the referees at this level, but I think this, at least we haven't got VAR. I think Bryn, in the interview that uh, we did with him recently, he hit it on the head that the EFL should probably market themselves as a VAR-free division. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely uh, up for that. Although maybe not staying in it next season. Predictions for today then? Well, my prediction, do you remember what our um, first game of the decade was? Because obviously we haven't said yet, but this is our last game of this decade. Do you remember what our first one was? First game of the decade? Scum. Yeah. Yeah, 1-0 one nil, one nil away win, so I'm going for that. 1-0 away win. Um, I'll, I'll be happy with that. And I'm even going to give you a prediction on the scorer today. I think Stuart Dallas is going to get his uh, second goal this week and we're going to win 1-0. Oh, I like that. I like the idea of us bookending this decade with a 1-0 win and I'd definitely take that. Um, But I'm going to say 2-0 leads. Um, Even though Patrick's not playing, it's time for Eddie to step up. Um, I'd like to think he'd get a goal, but just playing well would be really good and I think it would help uh, cement him staying beyond January as well because there's every possibility at the moment that he might be uh, recalled or decide to go back to Arsenal so I'm going to say 2-0 I'm also going 2-0 and I'm also going for Eddie Nketiah I think he's going to score both goals in a 2-0 win I think it's going to be a tight game but I just see us winning we've always struggled against these in recent years I just think we'll do it fancy us today big style big style so uh, James what's your word for today Birmingham. Birmingham. That's all I've got. Birmingham. I knew this was coming up, but I haven't thought of anything, so I'm going to go with Birmingham. Uh, Matt? (laughs) Well, I think my word is going to be return, because I'm hoping today we're going to return to winning form. Eddie and Ketcher returns to the starting lineup. Tyler Roberts returns to the bench. Um, So, there you go. I'm going to go for end. End of the decade and end our... Little mini bad run with a nice victory. And our, bl- and our blip that Andy wants another one of. Hey, <laughs> if this is a blip, I'll have another one, but not just yet. My word is victory. I think we're going to get back to it in ways. I think we're going to 
get a very hard-fought victory against a decent side, and we'll uh, we'll do well. Well, well, I better get out of the car and get into the ground, and I'll speak to you lads after the game. Yes, look forward to it. Enjoy the game. Right, we're 15 minutes post-match. I think I've aged about 20, 30 years after that. Only one place to start. Matt. We all love a last-minute winner. But my God, how was that today? I'm regretting doing this so so soon after the game, to be honest with you, because I, I can't get my breath. I thought you meant uh, <laughs> doing this as in supporting Leeds. <laughs> well, that as well. That as well. It's like... It's like an entire decade of supporting Leeds all summed up in 90 minutes, wasn't it? It was absolutely absurd. That was men- That was mental. Yeah, I've just heard some guys saying that that was like the best game they've seen for years and years and years and it was probably the championship game of the season. And uh, it, it just didn't feel... It didn't feel like that in the in the stand. It's like that game was nine for for a Leeds fan. It felt like ninety percent hell, ten yes. percent ecstasy. Yeah, yes, one hundred percent agree with that, Matt. I'm just watching the goals back now on telly, and uh, what's happened to our defence? What's happened to our defence? I've I've absolutely no idea. I've no idea, and. The thing is that I was so despondent at two all and at three all and at four all, like probably more despondent than I've been at any game so far this season. So it just meant that every time we went ahead, it was even more sort of amazing until the fifth one went in and all hell broke loose. To be honest, it's a beautiful own goal. <laughs> yeah, it was. Only thing that's it more was. beautiful than that is Luke Aylin's celebration. Yeah, he. he uh, clutched his heart like all of us in the uh, away end did as well should we try and dissect it or is, it, is there any point for to dissect it <laughs> I mean I think it's going to be a really long podcast if we try and dissect <laughs> it Andy but let's give it a go let's give it a go well the predictions were close weren't they <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I said Stuart Dallas would score and we'd, we'd win by one goal that's about as close as I got and it were 2-0 and 2-1 at points in the game <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, uh, so two nil, we, we look like we're cruising, and they look like they're not in it. Then we let them in. We did, we did what we did against Cardiff, and I suppose let them play for a little bit. And then they get to two all. Start the second half. I think there's nothing in it. It's just too dare I say boring. Twenty minutes of two teams not really doing too much, and then after that. As soon as Luke Aylin scores that absolute worldy that he's been trying for weeks on end. Months. Fair play to Birmingham because they kind of left the game really open. You know, a lot of teams just go into lockdown against us and try and sneak a goal, but they just kept going at us. Uh, you know, and I've only, it's only now that I've looked at the stats and um, they've had 15 shots. We've only had 11 in that game. They're probably the first team to have more shots than us than anyone else. And uh, we had five on target and they had four on target. So there you go. 
Well, this was the weird thing about it because in the first 20 minutes, as Andy says, um, I was sat there thinking, oh, well, this is this shows you that actually most teams in this league aren't very good. And it's just we played Fulham, we've played Preston, and they're both good sides who gave us a game. Birmingham, don't look at the races, and, you know, we're back to playing the sides in the table who, you know, can't compete. And then, you know, I was made to eat my words for the next 70 minutes, basically, because towards the end of that second half, they were all over us and I, I feared for us, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. And Jutskovic always loves to score against Leeds, doesn't he? And there were two very, there were two very Jutskovic goals, weren't there? A rebounded header type thing and then a back of the back sticks type thing. It was just a, it was a bit of a... <laughs> Scrappy, all their goals were scrappy. And our defence weren't great. There's only one that was like a decent goal, and I think it was probably their first one. Other than that, we seem to have just let them in. Yeah, which is weird because when you think about um, the amount of clean sheets we had up until four games ago, it was ridiculous. In the last four games, we've conceded 10 goals. 10 goals. <laughs> <laughs> How, how do you explain that then? Come on, let's. I mean, this is what we do a podcast for. Let's try and put some sense in it. What's what's happened? I've got no bloody idea. <laughs> well, maybe you were the wrong person to ask, Andy. <laughs> James, I do you know. What? I don't. I, again, I don't really know. You can't put your finger on it, can you? It's it's really tough. Like the Cardiff game was just so random. Um, you know, they got three chances and scored. And t- to be fair, today's the same for. Four shots on target, four goals we've conceded. So I don't know. Something something needs to happen. Something needs to change. But I, <laughs> I really don't know what the answer is. It's really tough for me. It's um, it's two things. It's a mentality thing. Yeah. As soon as we conceded a couple against Cardiff, the likes of Liam Cooper and Kiko Casilla seemed to revert to Derby in the playoffs just you know after weeks and weeks of them looking invincible they all of a sudden looked anything but invincible so I think there's definitely a mentality issue to it but also if you look further up the field we haven't had too many changes in the at the back and obviously not in goal but further up the field we're we're moving players into positions which they don't normally play and I don't like this click Dallas Phillips combination in the middle it's not making us look as solid further up the park um, as we normally do and the other thing that I just kept thinking during today's game is it's another advert for how good Pablo Hernandez is yes he is such an important player for us that we look a totally different side without him and I think today you can even add in the fact that we didn't have Bamford pushing their defence up top Eddie did a good job I've got no complaints with him but um, Bamford you know is a is a different class when it comes to making teams make mistakes further up the field I I think you're right with the points you made and you've probably nailed it because there isn't one singular thing it's just a combination of things Um, and you have articulated what we all feel which is the nervousness of not having Pablo Hernandez in the side the nervousness of when we concede a goal even when we're 2-0 up Um, so yeah I look forward to people coming back from injury even you know Jamie Shackleton as well because I think he'll shore up midfield and even from a you know for a complete even from a competing for places point of view um i think it's really important well at st andrews trillion trophy stadium leeds united won and at the hawthorns middlesbrough won so this means that leeds united are top 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 of the league and have been 
top of the league at this time in the last four decades. So at the end of the 80s, 90s, noughties and 10s, we're calling it, we've been top of the respective league that we're in. Have we blown it every time? <laughs> Fortunately, um, we're, our record is uh, one blown, two not blown. So we got promoted from this division in 90. We got uh, promoted from League One in 2010. Uh, but we didn't win the Premier League in, t- in the year 2000. I'm sure you'll be well aware of that fact. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think to Eddie? He obviously got um, his first start. How do you think he played? I think he, I think he was in a tough position because I think that Birmingham um, were giving him a lot of attention in terms of marking him um, he's very strong sometimes when the ball comes to his feet he can hold it up really well he didn't chase down as I've already said he didn't chase down as much as uh, Bamford does which was a little bit of a miss but I can't really fault his performance to be honest with you I thought he was very very unlucky to get booked for diving um, yeah, it was I don't think it was a penalty if it was, if it was a penalty it was, well it was more of a penalty than Fulham's penalty uh, the other week, it were, but, it, yeah, it yeah. were quite theatrical. It were quite theatrical. Oh, you think it was a ye- you think it was a yellow? Mm, I think it was theatrical. I think you, you, you're looking for trouble when you do that kind of thing. I think there was contact, more contact, as you say, than those in the Fulham game. But it's gone, it's gone down like Tom Daly. Bamford was commenting on it on LU TV, uh, which is quite interesting, and he said. There's contact, it's not a foul, um, but it's definitely not a yellow card. And I'd, I'd agree with that as well. I don't think it was, it definitely wasn't a foul, um, but it's a bit harsh to book him for diving. That's what it felt like. Bamford's not going to come out and see my teammates a diver, is he? Before the game, we gave uh, Keith Stroud the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I suppose we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt again, because that's four wins out of four with him reffing us this season, but... He made some funny decisions today. I think the weirdest one was that Birmingham took a free kick for offside in our half. No, that was absolutely bonkers. I saw Luke Ayling going absolutely crackers at him for it. You'd think a referee would know that rule, but I still wouldn't swap him for VAR. And we said before the game, James, about marketing championship football as VAR-free football. That game is a perfect advert for why. Yeah. <laughs> because it would have been it have been ruined by VAR, that game. Yeah. Well, there was an encroachment on uh, Kassir in one of the goals, so it would have ruled out one of them, I think, if VAR had have watched it. Um, or judged well, it's, on it it's a shame Paul's not with us actually because we often comment on the fact that there's an automatic protect the keeper rule that if uh, there's any sort of ball into the box from a corner or anything the um, if the keeper gets even slightly touched it's a free kick um, and it's good to see that that doesn't apply to Leeds United Tyler Roberts looked sharp when he came on I thought yeah he's got to be in line for a start against West Brom I think I was worried that he wouldn't be ready and he, he, he looked it. I, I don't know how you saw it from the stands. Yeah, he looked... Um, yeah, he didn't have loads of time to show what he was capable of, but I think he played well enough when he came on. It's important for him to just get the minutes, isn't it? I think, to be honest, he left uh, his man for their fourth goal and so that was really frustrating to watch. You know, he'd just come off the bench at that point. But then... But then he... That, yeah, that's from the replay I saw. I might be wrong, but but then there was a couple of um, really well-timed sliding tackles he made um, in our third where we then could break up the field, which were really important at that stage of the game. 
Um, I think he did well. You know, he, he's done as as you'd expect for a player who's been out injured for quite a long time. One thing I was worried about during the game was, um, you know, last year after we played Millwall and everybody said, oh, the rest of the division has worked out how to play against Bielsa's leads. I felt like the way that Birmingham was stopping us playing towards the end of the first half was reminiscent of what Preston did to us in the first half at Elland Road and it was almost like teams are starting to follow a bit of a blueprint of not giving us the time on the ball and not letting us play it out of defence and it was getting really really um, people getting agitated in the stands so every time we tried to play a few passes around the back like we normally do I was hearing people shouting just get rid of it what are you doing stop trying to be so clever and then the next minute somebody had launched a long ball forward and somebody had yelled composure just keep yeah. the ball and it's like the team can't win and nobody seems clear on what we're doing and the confidence has drained out of both the team and the fans yeah, there's a lot of nerves kicking around the stands at the minute which we, we spoke about at the Preston game and I think it does translate onto the pitch silly decisions the, the thing as well is that teams that uh, put you under a lot of pressure and press you hard like Preston did and like like you say Birmingham tried to do they struggle though if they don't have the quality elsewhere on the field and that's why Birmingham conceded five goals today you know there's only a certain amount of time that you can do that so I mean even if every team in the league tried to play in that manner 90% of the time I would say you know we'd still come out on top yeah no that is that is very true um I guess the other thing is though, I think I think we look a little bit tired and I suppose we have played a lot of games in a short space of time and we play at an intensity higher than any other team in the league so it's to be expected but the fact that the squad's a little bit threadbare at the moment does worry me mm. and as well it's it's the it's the same sort of players that have been you know had continuous games like you think Phillips has I mean, I know he had one game out, but he's played constantly for a long time. Clicks played pretty much every game for 18 months or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, they're mentally fatigued, I think, would be uh, something to worry about for sure. Especially going into the uh, West Brom game. Because that's that now. Obviously, we always say this, Matt, that the next game's a big game, but the next game really is a big game, isn't it? Could be a, a real marker. Game. Could be a real marker for us. But after today's results, uh, you know I'm. You know me. I'm not one for a draw, but a draw at the Hawthorns would be a very good result. Um, and that's one of the, neck. But it's true. One of this. One of the beauties of um, today's results is that we can go there, and you know it's not like games we've had in the past where it's a must-win game. It's more of a must-not-lose. How do you pick a man of the match out of that lot then, Jack Harrison? <laughs> it is difficult because everybody, every player in the team, I've probably heard getting slagged off at some point during the game. Calvin Phillips came in for a lot of criticism today, as did as did Helder Costa. Well, everyone did. I could go for everyone. Costa looked great going forward, but looks like he forgot how to defend again. I think I'm yeah. probably with James at the only player again who looked like he wanted the ball and was tracking back well and was fairly consistent throughout it was probably Jack Harrison yeah that's and, probably a good shout and you know what he's, he's the reason he put the pressure on I think if I'm, I could be wrong so don't hammer me if I am I'm pretty sure he's really put the pressure on for the final goal he did indeed so he got an assist and arguably he got two but it was an own goal 
Ailing is close for a shout as well, but he just he was struggling with his man. Well, I'm going to go for a controversial one, Andy, because uh, I'm going to say Luke Ailing, and I don't think he had the best game that I've seen him play. He some of his passing was awful, and he did struggle defensively from time to time. But no, he kind of encapsulated what it meant to just try and win the game whatever it took it doesn't matter what's going on on the rest of the pitch let's just try and win the game and I think Luke Aylin sometimes suffers because he always wants the ball even when we're not playing that well he's quite happy to take the ball and get involved in the game and it doesn't always pay off for him so the fans will get on his back but there's just the passion coming from that guy That what you saw in the celebration um, for me that added to his goal which was an absolute belter oh um, unbelievable wasn't it yeah that makes him man of match for me so that two for Harrison one for Aileen and uh, sadly we're not going to get to speak to Paul today um, all thoughts with him while he's with his son this game reminded me a little bit if there was any game to compare it to last season it was that 4-2 defeat of Forest. except this time we scored 5 and uh, we didn't have anybody sent off so it was a much better outcome it was around this time of year and we're obviously this equivalent game was actually the whole home game so for ourselves we're doing already doing better in the second half of the season than we were at this stage but James how are we doing against Wolverhampton Wanderers? Play that jingle How are we doing Very good segue, that, Matt. Um, So in this segment, we are following our progress against Wolverhampton Wanderers in their 2017-2018 season, where they were champions. They ran away champions, should we say. Um, At this point, after 25 games, they were on 58 points. Currently, we sit sit at 51 points, the same as we were this time last season. So there's a seven-point gap between us. And that. so have we closed that on last time? Was the gap bigger or did Wolves win this equivalent fixture? Uh, they won this fixture as well. So we're just about tracking Wolves. Yeah, annoyingly, they... Well, they're just good all season. That's the problem. So we do need to change this segment name, don't we? <laughs> no, I mean, like any team, they have dips and they have draws and they have losses here and there. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can... Hopefully we can get a few bad runs out of the way or a few bad games out of the way and just go on a bit of a run um, again, but... I can't see it happening at, at at West Brom next week, but like you say, a draw would be would be great. I think the I think the worrying thing is that it was brilliant to get the three points tonight, but there was very little in that performance which suggested to me that we're going to go on a a long unbeaten run. Maybe psychologically it was important, and we're going to do that, but we could just as easily have lost that game as win it. So it, it wasn't something where you, you can use to predict the future, really, was it? I think I think you're right, Matt. I think psychologically that'd be huge for us. And you know what? For all it did feel like a massive defeat. I volleyed the high chair in our lounge. <laughs> Luckily, the baby wasn't in it. Yeah, that but, is a good. That, that's a good thing, Andy. But it it felt like we just completely done it up the wall again. And you're thinking, why Leeds? Why? Let's enjoy the ecstasy of winning five four away for a minute. And hope, as you say, psychologically that does us the world of good. Well, from a psychological point of view, the whole team came away to the away end, including the subs. Doesn't happen very often. And they um, got in a bit of a huddle. Uh, they're obviously 
having a bit of a post-match debrief uh, and then they all walked in you know unison to the away end to applaud the away end so it, I think the last time I saw us do that was in the 2007-2008 minus 15 season so the it clearly meant a lot to the players and that's why for my money you can't get on the back of this team when they're not performing like you expect them to because they all clearly want it they've all been burnt most of them anyway have been burnt by last season the same way that we have um, and I think we're all in it together to be honest One point you made actually Matt in our WhatsApp group after the uh, Fulham match was I love this team they keep at it and they work so hard and that was even after the Fulham game and we lost um, and you know and you can't forget that you know you think of all the teams that we've had uh, the lineups over the last few years or and, and there's been some absolute awful players in there who just do not care they're just picking up a wage but but this team you know you can tell they really really want it and they're all playing uh, for one another and it's amazing to watch love it every single one of them to a man Dallas Alioski Harrison Ailing they all they all just want it and then you've got Berardi thrown on towards the end is not a man who's gonna let you down if you can help it right let's finish this up or else we'll be on air for two more years I just um, to, I just I just wanted to say one more thing about Bamford as of course a you bloody did <laughs> I want to say one more thing about Bamford as a pundit so when we broke on a counter attack in the game he referred to us looking like the red arrows on the counter attack now, <laughs> I didn't really like the use of uh, colour in that, for one thing. Yeah, but it's a posh boy getting giddy at RAF, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's, that was what I thought. So we might have to rename them Blue, Yellow and White, or White, Yellow and Blue Arrows. They usually have at least Blue and White coming out of their... Uh... Uh, I'm going to totally show up my lack of understanding of how <laughs> the Red Arrows works. Out of their bum. Yeah. All right. leads that right final words James thrilled thrilled it was an absolute thriller Um, such a good result but you know it's uh, (laughs) I don't want to live through that again I'm absolutely exhausted well that's my word my word is exhausted Uh, I feel exhausted watching that I think the players will be exhausted from having to live through that and I'm hoping that they'll learn from that and not do it again. Um, The winning side, please, but not that bloody torture of that. What a a difficult way to win, but what an exciting way to win. So I am exhausted. Matt. (laughs) Well, imagine being exhausted and having to drive from Birmingham to Leeds, although at least it'll be a happy drive. Um, I could pick loads of words, but the over the overwhelming feeling is um, that I'm perplexed. I just don't understand really what went on in that game. I don't understand how we won it. I don't understand how it ended up 5-4. I don't understand how we've gone from being a team that was um, couldn't score for Toffee but was keeping loads of clean sheets to a team that's now winning 5-4 away from home. None of it makes any sense to me, so I'm perplexed. But if I was going to have a second word, then... Um, I'm happy as well. We move on to uh, a tricky tricky game at the Hawthorns. So we're going to see everyone in the next decade next. Yeah, have a good new year, guys. And enjoy the fact that Leeds United are top of the league at the turn of the decade once again. Nothing can go wrong. Every single time we've changed decades in our lifetime, Leeds United have been top of the league. What a stat. That is ace.
Right, you know where to catch up with us? Follow us at leadsthat.com to get up to date with all the rest of the pods. We'll see you in the new year. Sports Social Podcast Network.